Welcome to That Being Said Podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Aisha. Let's get into today's episode. Um, so, welcome back to another episode. This is an episode uh, that we... Uh, let's start with this will be the first part of probably this topic, this conversation. Mm. Um, it's an episode we wanted to do for a while, but we haven't because it's something that is very hard for both of us to speak about um i guess we'll get into that later <laughs> but um it's something we've both wanted to do for a very long time and that is uh speaking about body image we we have a sort of plan for this episode it's not i guess we're going to talk about some reasons we were uncomfortable speaking mm. about it for so long um our own personal views on it uh we'll expand more on that on why we are sharing what we feel the way we're sharing it um and yeah i guess there's not really much more of an introduction into um, uh except a bit of a trigger warning we are going to be talking about body image issues um uh, dependency issues addiction issues it's a pretty broad topic once you start digging into body image, it quickly gets bigger than it is. Uh, and I mean, yeah, I guess we're going to get into today's topic. <laughs> um, so let's talk about why we we're uncomfortable originally to speak about this. Yes. I, I personally have three main reasons. Uh, a lot of the views I have on myself uh, stemming with that kind of linked to my two biggest insecurities involve a lot of internal prejudices uh, about other people in the world. Uh, yeah. This, this, these prejudices come from a part of my mind that I cannot control. I, I don't actually believe these. Mm. I don't think I'm just going to come like, it, it's going to be easy to just say it. <laughs> yeah. I have very deep issues with my teeth and with my skin. Uh, I skin pick. I have sores on my skin. The word I've, the term I've used to speak about myself is that I think people think that I have a drug dependency because of the way I look. Uh, I'm not someone who's going to judge someone for a drug dependency. I'm very pro rehab, very pro uh, rehabilitation. Um, yeah, rehabilitation. Not, yeah. yeah, yeah, those sorts of movements. Um, so when I feel negatively looking like that it's it's an internal prejudice that i'd rather not share with the world because i don't think it does anything to further those sorts of movements uh the other thing is this stuff is very deep in me it is a area of myself which i am very guarded about i it i mean when we started this we we wanted to get vulnerable Mm. but there are obviously certain things. It's actually hard to do that sometimes. Yeah, there are definitely things. levels of ourselves where we're like, this is a little bit difficult. And the last one is that I have a very str- – well, we both, I think we've – I don't know if we've spoken about this on the podcast, but we've definitely spoken about it with each other. Mm. We have a very strong belief that when you talk, you should be careful and be extremely thoughtful, obviously, when you talk about others uh, directly. When you say things like, oh my God, you've lost weight. 
um, you know, we don't know how this is actually going to be perceived. Obviously, don't say mean things to people, but even things that you aren't. That you, you don't just, necessarily mean to come off as being yeah, mean. Um, the, I guess the biggest points with some, a comment like, oh my god, you've lost weight, are you don't know if that person wanted to lose weight, and you might be reinforcing dangerous behaviours. Uh, yeah. And we're also very mindful about the way you speak about yourself. Someone listening when you say, oh, fuck, my legs look huge in this, may think, oh, well, objectively, my legs are larger than hers. Um, what the fuck is she thinking about the way I look? That's, mm-hmm. that's kind of where we're going with this. And the reason that is very uh, important as we go further is that we are going to be saying things about ourselves that we do not like. <laughs> Um, obviously for this conversation of goal, a goal of ours is to be vulnerable and honest and also to refuse toxic positivity, to be real about how we actually feel. So when we're having this conversation, we need listeners to remember this isn't a reflection of our actual thoughts. I, obviously it is our actual thoughts, but not it's, know, it's a part of ourselves that we can't control. Yes. It's a section of our brain that is uh, locked down <laughs> by the demons. They're on the wall. Uh, so... When people say those kinds of things about themselves, you have to remember that they're, they're, that their perception might be warped. Mm. Uh, there could be trauma involved. It's not objective. It's not fact. Um, we will try to be mindful of our language, but please know it is stuff that deeply affects us, so it's not always easy to be mindful about that sort of thing. Um, I, I think I'll, I'll just start sharing my own personal body things. <laughs> um Definitely from a young age, I felt like my body wasn't quite right. Um, I I think I have a very kind of, and this is, I know objectively this isn't true, but in my head, like I have a very uh, masculine and muscular body type. Like I have quite big arms. I have quite big thighs. I have quite broad shoulders. Uh, I My frame is quite small, but the sections of the frame I don't know. You know, it's like a, it's like when you look into a crazy mirror and it's, it's not right. Um, I've always tried to look, and I think this is probably a pretty shared, like a universal, uh, what's the thing? A universal experience. I think this is a universal experience, but I've always tried to look for women in media that look like me. Mm. And I don't always see that. Um, yeah. But, uh, when I was growing up, being flat-chested was was a pretty big struggle. Um, I felt everything made me look more masculine, and I struggled a lot with trying to develop a style because nothing looked like it did on nothing on me looked like it did on other girls my age or or models. Um, and I always had a very like a very strong need to fit in and look like other people, which is uh, not everyone, I guess, look like my people. Mm. Um, If you knew me growing up, I I was quite like emo. (laughs) Let's just go with emo. (laughs) Um, I struggled a lot with being slim, but not enough or not the right kind of slim or being curvy, but not the right kind of curvy. Mm. I took a long time to figure out how I like to dress and shapes I liked, but still now I'm struggling with this because like I'm getting older, my body changes. Um, I come on and off birth control quite often for different reasons, so that changes your body quite a bit. But 
I think being fundamentally wigged out about my body shape does make it hard to put on an outfit and go outside. Um, Taylor and I were discussing this earlier, though, but weirdly, I am okay with myself naked uh, because, I don't know, I'm very comfortable with myself sexually, but that's like a whole separate conversation. Um, So when we're talking about insecurities, my personal biggest insecurities are my skin, my teeth, and to some degree, my hair. Um, Yeah, the hair things, I... Objectively, I know it's very weird. Um, but when I was growing up, my desire to fit in was so strong that I just did, I hated having long, thick, dark hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted thin, blonde hair. Uh, there was so many weird things that I saw in other girls that I just wanted. Mm. Um, now I love it 10% of the time, but the practicality of it makes me hate it, which in turn makes me aesthetically hate it because it's just a lot. I think it's a continuum. Uh, like a continuation of my battle with like femininity and masculinity um because my job my hair just goes up in a bun a lot but then Mm. I do quite I do think my hair is quite a beautiful feminine feature when I have the time to take care of it (laughs) um my my skin and my teeth are a lot deeper um that was something I got made fun of for a lot when I was growing up um like for yeah, for, for context, I have eczema. I never grew out of it. <laughs> Everyone told me I was going to, but I didn't. And I have uh, jacked up teeth. Um, also, I have uh, I have uh, skin picking issues and hair picking issues and nail picking issues with anxiety, which I think just kind of furthers a lot of that. Um, I don't know. I It's so hard to say like to describe what I look like because I don't know if I actually look like that but I think I have like a lot of sores and stuff and dry skin and stuff like that on my body um that's another thing that I I mean you just don't see it in media you just don't see people that look like that um or (laughs) it's weird right I used to wish that instead of this I had acne because for some reason I was like well there's so much treatment for acne (laughs) or like yeah. Kendall Jenner has acne. <laughs> so that would be better. Um, or I just felt like it was something people understood more. But I think mm. that's like, um, well, obviously people with acne don't feel that way. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like a, in my life would be better if yeah. a grass is always greener type thing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's also very hard to manage and it does put me in a lot of pain. Um, mm. It's, it's very stressful and I feel like people are always looking at me and think um, I'm unhygienic or have an opinion based off me, like that I don't take care of myself. Um, yeah, so my teeth are skeletally, objectively. I had a doctor tell me. Um, actually, when I was 15, I, <laughs> this is, when I was 15, I had a doctor tell me that my jaw was severely asymmetric. And ever since then, I can't look at a photo of myself front on without thinking that I literally look like a Picasso painting. You don't at all. But like, I because someone pointed it I out, know. like I, it's the only thing I ever see. Absolutely not. Um, I think I genuinely believe my jaw points like east. But I think that's the thing, right? When you get told things when you're younger and then when you grow up, you're like, wow, I really fucking look like that. And yeah. then that's all that you focus on when you look, but that literally... No, not yeah. at all. And no. then um, getting deeper into the teeth because the teeth are linked to like um, some trauma I had as a teen. Uh, I have been, can't move, smoke cigarettes, drink coffee. That's all I do, depressed. 
Um, and I don't like saying this. I don't like admitting it because I think it's embarrassing. But also, if anyone ever told me this, I'd be like, oh, fuck yeah, dude, me too. That's like super normal. Um, there has been plenty of times where I have given up on myself and I do not brush my hair. I do not shower and I do not brush my teeth. Um, I'm act- when I was a teenager as well, this was, mm. it was pretty bad. Um, I was severely depressed for a very long time. This year I'm coming up on like, I think 11, 12 years being like diagnosed with depression. Um, but I, I mean the damage I did to my teeth. I'm pretty lucky to still have teeth, which is kind of cool because now I get to go through orthodontic treatment, which is um, which is a whole other thing. Uh, it's really expensive. Wait, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's not get into objectively why orthodontic treatment sucks. <laughs> but even when I started getting this orthodontic treatment, there was a weird part of me that was like, hey, what are you doing? You're now not yourself anymore and you are lying to the world. Um... But, I mean, I guess that's kind of me. Uh, If we want to go into it a bit deeper, I I wanted to bring this up because this is something which is body image related. But, Mm. I mean, my own reasons for doing it are different. Um, I have struggled for quite a while now. Getting better, but still go through bouts of it with binging and restricting. Mm. But my binging and restricting issues, I don't think are... They are linked to the way I view myself. Mm. But I think they're more of a self-harm depression thing mm. than they are. Like a from a body image. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, from how you see yourself yeah. sort of thing. They're more of a control thing. They're more of a self-harm well, yeah. thing than they are directly linked to. To what? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, that's kind of me. I do have a bit of a calorie obsession. Um, I use my mum, this is weird, my mum had anorexia growing up, so I've always been very aware that that is a thing in the world that Mm. can happen to people, um, but also there has been times in my life where I've gone to her and been like, hey, I'm going to do this, I need you to keep an eye on me, Mm. when I've, like, have been tracking calories. Mm. That's weird. I don't think it's weird, I think it's, like, maybe a proactive way of, you know, Having yeah. someone that you care, I am very aware that I can fall I think into a hole very quickly. Yeah, I think if anything, that's a good thing. I guess. Like, I yeah. mean, like it's hard, but like at least you had, you know, someone that you trusted to at least watch out and see, you know, if you did, you know, feel like you were slipping into that behavior again. That, yeah, you know, they could sort of stop you or you know sit down, and speak to you, sort of thing. And and that's me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I feel like. Um, yeah, all of that is, like, it's, like, so different when, like, you actually, like, say it out loud in yeah. comparison to, like... Writing it, it down was even weird. Yeah, but I then know, I was I like, know. and now I'm going to read it. <laughs> I feel like even when I was, um, yeah, when I was writing down my notes, I also was sort of just like, oh, this is weird. But I was like, like, how long should I make the list? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I could go on for days. Um, but, yes, okay, I guess I'll, I'll jump into, I guess, we'll be speaking about, like, why, or oh, I guess my main insecurities maybe yeah (laughs) writing a list for the enemies yes oh i mean like let's say just like the top three so so i guess for like me um i sort of wrote down like body image has obviously been like a tough subject for me to speak on uh personally as like my entire life or as far as i can remember um body image has been quite a 
tough topic. Um, and I was saying to Aisha before, like growing up uh, in an Italian culture is really hard and difficult from other people um, with different cultures. I mean, like it, I mean, you know, some cultures may be similar, but, you know, growing up in an Italian culture was really hard because, you know, it's like eat, 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 like, you know, oh, like you're, like you're getting fat. That's so good. Like that's, that's how that word was sort of thrown around growing up. Yeah. Um, and I was saying, you know, prior to recording when I was um, growing up, I have a twin sister, obviously, yeah. and we look nothing alike. <laughs> like when we were younger, obviously, yes. But as you know, you sort of grow up and you start to become your own person. Uh, that was really hard because I was always like associated as the fat twin. And we spoke about the word fat a few episodes ago or whatever it was. Did we actually? Okay. We, we sort of like spoke, I guess, about the word. Yeah. And like how people were reclaiming it as and positive. Our, yeah. Our personal views. And my personal it. view on it is I will never, ever be able to say to myself, I'm fat and I love myself. Yeah. That's just not how my brain will allow me to process that. I think, yeah, we spoke about how this word has so much power. We, we don't want it back. No. For us personally. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like, those that choose to, that's completely fine, and I'm not going to, you know, judge or anything, but for me, yeah, personally, objectively, it's not a word that I would like to associate myself with. Um, but, yeah, I guess, um, yeah, so I guess the biggest thing for me, like, my biggest insecurity is actually how I look physically as a human. Um, again, growing up, like, <laughs> I remember when I got glasses and I got called four eyes for the first time and, like, <laughs> wanted to cry Um, But I think the biggest thing, and it stems from, like, a really young age, like, when I was in primary school, just, like, little comments that I used to get thrown my way. Like, I remember it was, like, a school thing, and I had to wear all red, and I got called Santa Claus, and, like, I bawled my eyes out because, you know, Santa Claus is this big guy, jolly guy, and that's what I then thought. I was like, do I look like Santa Claus? Like, I just really got in my head. So, Yeah. yeah, for me, it's... (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's not really three points. It's like a whole objective, like my entire being. I have been quite insecure with my entire life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like there had been periods growing up where um, I, my body changed. Like I remember when like I got boobs and all that stuff and like, you know, they started to grow and I got really um, uncomfortable with myself because I was like, this is weird. Um, and I'm, I'm a very shy and introverted person. So as soon as that happened, I didn't know how to feel about myself, I guess. It was really awkward. Um, and then, yeah, I guess growing up, being introverted, not until I was in college, um, I, I, like I was, like Aisha said, like I was an emo. Like I, I was weird. I was a bit different from others. Um, quirky girls. Yeah, quirky. But like that's what I mean. Like I went to an all-girls school. Yeah. So I guess that's also a good way to stem like in an all-girls school, comparison already starts. And I think obviously for you it would have been amplified because you've literally got this like whole other being that came out of the same womb. Right. It's like, and it's... Put them next to each other. Right. And I think I think when growing up that's what almost like not offended me, but it did in a way. Like, going back, oh, this is my twin sister. Everyone's like, no. Oh, no way. Like, no, you're not related. And I'm like, no, like, we're twin sisters. And like, no, like, you look nothing. Like, look at her. Like, she's so much smaller. And I'm like, oh, all right. So, like, already reinforced was, like, I was this big human 
that in my head, like, you know how you were saying, like, you think that you perceived a certain way, like you said about your jaw. Yeah. Then that made me just feel like I was, like, just this, like, I don't know how to even explain it, you know. Again, without offending anyone, I just thought then that I was just this big balloon of a human that was walking around. Yeah. So it was really hard. But, um, yeah, then as I sort of grew up and I sort of dealt with, had some trauma in, like, whatever year it was, 2014, and that was when I was in about year 12, at that stage, though, however, I I was probably a little bit more confident with myself prior to the trauma because I was in college. I moved from an all-girls school to a yeah. co-ed. You were no longer with the womb mate. The womb mate that, yeah. like, you know, looked nothing like me. Um, I was able to sort of establish myself as a being and, like, just be like, oh, I think I like who I am. Um, and then, yeah, then obviously traumatic event happened and then spiral. So, <laughs> that, nice. yeah, it was just like a sprawling mess. Like, again, same thing. I was diagnosed with a major depression, depression, sorry, when I was in year 10. Uh, and only recently, like, I always knew I had anxiety, but like only last year was I properly diagnosed with like yeah. severe anxiety. <laughs> um, so again, that's also something that tails in with a lot of things of, you know, dealing with my body image yeah. because same thing I was depressed I you know I same thing I wouldn't shower I wouldn't brush my teeth I wouldn't brush my hair I wouldn't do a lot of things because I was like what's the point like I don't really care for my being yeah um and then yeah I guess I sort of fell into destructive ways after the trauma um where I thought I was doing things appropriately but I obviously wasn't. I was putting myself in quite a bit of danger. Um, but at the time, I obviously didn't see that. I was yeah. just like, and then this is where we're getting on to when people would start making comments. Like, yeah. wow, you've lost so much weight. And then in my head, I was like, wow, like, I really would, I really must have looked the way that everyone or how, you know, I thought I was perceived. Yeah. So then I kept doing it and I did it for a long time. Um, and my body's still recovering at the cost of that. And it's, that's also something that's hard to come with because I, I've <laughs> done like irreparable damage. To yes. Especially, my digestive yes. System. Digestive system. Like at the time, like I, I thought I hit it quite well. Uh, and then it was only like the recent years where I found out that, you know, my sister obviously knew, but never didn't know how to sort of approach it. Um, but yeah, so that's sort of like me growing up was just like always fixated on how I looked because I was known as the fat twin. That's literally what I was known for. So that was all my identity was in my head was I was the fat or bigger twin. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, when I eventually started to lose weight, people started saying how great I looked and then I fell into destructive behaviors. And I guess this is where we'll touch on body dysmorphia. Mm. Um, still very, very, very prominent for me. Like I remember looking back at a picture of me at my formal and I was like, Oh, like I look huge. And then like, you know, I look back on it now and then I'm like oh oh my god like I was actually fine and then there was a certain photo um which sometimes I come across and I do get a bit sad but again this is a bit toxic I get sad because I'm like look how thin I was (laughs) I I was going through this the other day where I was like uh yeah I I needed a before photo because I was like I'm gonna go to the gym and I found a photo from like a couple years ago and I was like, I'm tiny in this photo. Why would this be a before photo? Right. What the fuck? Right. And that and that's what I mean. Like, I I just remember this photo so vividly because it was, like, probably at the the prime 
of my bulimia where I was very, very unhealthy and you could see in my face, in my neck, in my arms, like a lot of it, like it, it was horrible. But like, I saw me the other day, like looked at it, I was like, wow, look at me. I look so great. So it's like my, my head is still processing and in the sense of body dysmorphia and it's always going to be there. I don't think yeah. it's going to be really hard to grow out of. I think as well, just briefly touching on growing up when you have others around you, i.e. family members, siblings, parents saying, oh, I need to lose some weight. Yeah. It's actually quite dangerous how we speak. And I guess that's where we can go into how we speak about ourselves sometimes Yeah, to others can actually really be dangerous, dangerous to others, but you don't realize because you just, you know... And I would never, like, obviously we're saying this, but at the same time, like, I would never smack someone down who's clearly going through something no. and venting. But at the same time, like, you should, yeah, do you know what I mean? It's hard, it's, right? It's because so hard to explain yeah, being mindful. because I feel like we're, we're all 100% guilty. I know I am of saying certain things about myself in a public setting, like, oh, look, so huge, or this or that. And then, like, it's really only after, like, when you're home alone or whatever you think about, you're like, well, I really shouldn't have said that. But at the time, like, I said it and that's sort of what it is. But it's just really interesting to sort of how I was sort of heard things growing up to now. It's just, like, very interesting. Still, I hear it all the time, like, particular people in my life who say, you know, like, look at me, I'm so, like, I look like this. And then... I like I usually was saying before. I then think to myself, "Wow, all right." If they... Especially like the circles we kind of float in. There's a lot of like, "Oh, I need to um, like not eat the day before I have a photo shoot or something." Oh or, my goodness! I need to do this or I need to do that. I really and I think as well. This that is actually it's if very anything, damaging. It is one of my biggest pet peeves, and the biggest thing that really actually mentally fucks me is when anyone and I like I understand that like. We all, like, I don't know. I you know, I can't really understand why people say it because I find it so triggering yeah. when someone says, oh, I can't, I can't, this literally word for it, I can't, I can't look like a fat shit or I can't look like I can't fucking eat because I need to, like, you know, be look skinny. And I'm like, what What the fuck? Like, why? Like, that. That. what's the purpose of that? Like, I just, it really drives me insane. Like, I, got, yeah. like, I don't really even have proper words to really explain how angry it makes me but that is what I was saying with comps like oh I'm on a comp diet I understand that you want to look after yourself I'm making the distinction there while we're talking Mm. about that because I assume when you're on a comp diet you're not referring to like a bodybuilding comp diet because that is like an actual thing (laughs) yes as in like pole comp yeah or something like that because briefly touching on that while we're there the comp prep is very different. Comp prep's fucking intense. If you have a shred of anything, don't do comp prep. And this is what I mean. I started doing comp prep. Yeah. Like actual bikini uh, bodybuilding and it really fucked me up. And I... It comp was, prep coaching should come with a psychologist. Yes. And I think the biggest thing is as well, when I went into it, I, I sort of was well aware of like, yeah, I'm going to look after my mental health. I, I know I won't go back into those destructive <laughs> ways. That was a lie. <laughs> um, I don't think my mum would mind me sharing this, yeah. but like when she was recovering from anorexia, like in the 80s, 
she literally, like, she jumped straight off anorexia into comp prep, like, into bodybuilding. Right. she was like, this is a socially accepted way of doing it. Exactly. And that's, that was exactly where, like, the next thing I'm going, it's, unfortunately, sometimes, and maybe that's why I was drawn to it, because in my head, I was like, it's socially acceptable that I'm going to be restricting myself of this food. Yeah. And no one's going to really question it. Yeah. So, in my head, I was, I was sort of reinforcing my own behavior of past and then it did get to a point where, like, I was doing a lot of stuff and I did have a few friends um, come to me and say, like, I was actually quite concerned because of how much you were doing, but I didn't want to make you feel uncomfortable and yeah. approach you. But I did get to the point where it is also very expensive and I had a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, and then I took that time off to be like, uh, like and it was, it was, I have a wedding, I have a house. Yeah. So I took it off, but I'm, Yeah. While we're on the topic, we are also very aware that there's some amazing coaches and oh, people yes. who are very well put together. And my my coach was incredible. Katie's amazing. She yeah. was beautiful. Um, but I I knew I was struggling mentally. But again, that wasn't exactly the entirety 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 of the reason as to why I stopped. Yeah, expensive, and I had to have a wedding this year. That was actually the reason. But again, I sort of could see myself slipping slowly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like we said, there's definitely coaches there that are really focused on that. And that's amazing that they can do it that way. Um, and same with, you know, a- anything in life. It's There's a lot of people that are actually well informed. I think and there are people that do it safely. Yeah. That's not saying that everyone that does it is, you know, they're not doing it safely. <laughs> I think it's um, so important to like lift up coaches and instructors and things like that who are very mindful of like everyone's lifestyle spectrum when we're talking about this sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. And I, and that's what I mean. Like it it was amazing when I was doing that because Katie always ensured that I was getting the rest that I needed or that, you know, if I, she always asked like, how has like the macros been? Yeah. And I I could be honest and just be like, this is how I'm feeling. She's like, okay, we'll stop this for that week. Like refill yourself, blah blah blah. Like it was amazing. So there, a hundred percent, is coaches out there that know what they're doing, um, and that at least like gives me a little bit of hope that like you know that there are people doing the right thing. Um, but yeah, so that was like obviously another big one is like you know <laughs> throughout life and comps, pole comps. I mean, comments like that, and it's, especially when you're in a studio and stuff, it's yeah. very hard. The comparison cycle. Like we spoke in the poll episodes, it's hard to not compare, but unfortunately it's very common. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I guess quickly like touching on like what body image is. And I think this is really yeah. important because it says body image is a combination of thoughts and feelings that you have about your body. Body image may range between positive and negative experiences, which I think is really, really important because talking about body image, sure – for the most part, unfortunately for me, it is quite negative. But yeah. I can 100% agree. When when I, strangely enough, when I'm in less clothing, I feel very very comfortable with like my body, like my chest, like my. I I really do. It's the same. Like I'm, and again, it could be because I'm so, I'm sexually aware of my body, and I'm yeah. sexually um, what's the word you mentioned before? Like sexually like. I think comfortable. Comfortable is yeah, where, yeah. Sorry, where I was going. Like I am. I, I yeah, I, I would rather walk around naked like than like in clothing because it feel like there's things on me and it just makes me feel like it's emphasizing that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it says between uh, positive and negative experiences and one person may feel different at times, positive or negative or a combination of both. Um, so I think that's like a really important one that you can't, there's 
body image it's also positive it's not all negative yeah yeah before we started recording we were definitely talking about how it's not linear and if yeah. you wake up one day and you're like oh actually i'm vibing this yeah it doesn't like discount all those other experiences that you've no. had but oh that went real pessimistic <laughs> i was about to say you're not cured <laughs> but like it's good to be able to relish in those days. Yeah, and I mean, there's nothing wrong with that either. And I think, like, again, we'll quickly go into it. Like, there, there's going to be definitely good days and there's yeah. going to be bad days. However, those bad days won't take away from those days that you feel good, vice versa. It's... I think that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> My brain was just like, make it negative. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, it's it's you're going to have both. It's yeah. the same with, um, you know, mental illnesses and stuff, with depression in particular and all that, and OCD for me, like, some days it's all fine. I'm like, oh, yeah. And then it will crash down. And then, and like, I try not to get fixated on the crashing down part, yeah. even though it's hard. And then I just sort of, yeah, stay Recovery there. Pro- progress, never linear. Yeah. Um, and I think as well, like, I was saying uh, about trauma with um, body image. <laughs> um, when I recently saw my psych- psychologist, sorry, um, there was a particular thing that she said to me that sort of stuck with me. I did mention it to Aisha before as well. Um, and because of the, situ- the situation I was in when that happened, when I had the traumatic event, um, she said, what happened to you? You had no control on what happened. So when you developed your eating sort of bulimia, you could control that. Yeah. And it's very true because I could control the situation. I was like, okay, this is fine. But the situation when I couldn't control, I was like, you know, like, obviously it was really, really bad, but you sort of, do, like, you can control what you were doing to your body without really realizing, like, yeah. what you were actually doing. Like, I just, it's like, oh, it was like a daily routine, almost, like, yeah, what it was like a cycle, and it's sort of hard to break out of that cycle when it's toxic, but it sort of, like, struck a chord to me. I was like, oh, it's so interesting, because I never thought of it like that. I was like, I just, you know, just did the thing, that's why, but then when she said it that way, I was like, Oh, and I just sat there sort of silently and was like, okay, <laughs> excellent. I can't wait to drive half an hour home and just like think about that going off in my head. Um, but yeah, I think just like briefly as well, the psychologist that we've sort of got some information off, who's uh, Pixie Turner, who is a London-based nutritionist, um, counsellor and a psychotherapist, had said body image is incredibly complex as a subject and yet I often see people assuming that it's all about how your body looks. Yeah. Um, not quite so. In fact, often body image has little or nothing to do at all with how your body looks, but it has deeper roots that need to be investigated. And this is what I mentioned before, Taisha, before we were recording, said, consider this. If one day you feel okay about your body and the next day you feel awful about it, nothing about your physical appearance has changed. So what's the real cause here? Which is very true because one, like, it's been there when one day you wake up feeling absolute trash and then the next day you wake up like, I am literally the baddest bitch ever. <laughs> but like it's, nothing's really changed. So um, when we interrogate this, we allow ourselves to begin the process of not scapegoating our bodies anymore. Um, and body image is also about what we've been taught about our bodies. Yeah. Uh, whether that's being with, you know, being told our body isn't good enough through fat phobic and diet culture, which I find diet culture incredibly toxic Um in certain aspects because it's it's sort of all in, you know like like you read magazines or you know like as a kid right we we grew up late 90s early 2000s 
if you like if you look into kind of I guess the high fashion scene at this time like skinny was in Mm -hmm. skinny was in that was the thing yeah magazines media everything reflected this exactly and that's what I mean like we we I guess we didn't necessarily grow up with social media we really got the tail end of it yeah. i remember going to the shops you know as a kid and the magazines and the, they would be shaming a woman or whoever a male for how they looked like they let themselves go so it's already ingrained in our head without even really um you know like noticing or taking it really yeah. taking in but it's just you know it's like what's the word uh, the truman show where that movie where the advertising subliminal messages is yeah. sort of what that's like but we're not really taking we just sort of skim past it all right and but it's constantly growing up that's what it's like so that's really interesting and then the last little bit was our body is wrong because it's not white our body is unacceptable because it's not straight or our body is uh different because it's disabled so it's just very interesting how we can take all that in yeah and it's true it's not necessarily always about our, how we look it's about a lot of other things exactly i th- it's weird because even the things that like I am comfortable with, I think they've been reinforced through trauma. Mm. Um, and then yeah, the things I'm not comfortable with, they're external prejudices I have about other people. And it's like, but also internal, like without outing myself. Um, yeah, it's a weird one because I do agree. I don't think objectively the issue is, the outward appearance mm-hmm. because there's been plenty of research to and like even real world experiences that if you fix the thing the thing does not go away no yeah right so it's the same thing so for me personally the <laughs> growing up i i remember <laughs> teeth have never really been a super big thing for me but i remember when i got called like a rabbit because i had like rabbit teeth yeah. apparently like my front teeth and I remember that stuck with me for ages. And then whenever I would smile, and again, this is probably growing up with, then with social media now, you could see my gum. And I remember I was like, okay, maybe I want to get lip filler then so I could fix this because apparently I have rabbit teeth and I, I like, you can see my gum. That's, that's embarrassing. That's what I thought. Yeah. So I went and got lip filler and I remember the consultation and she's like, oh yeah, you have a gummy smile. And I was like, god i do don't i wow like and then i started going in my head i was like thank god i'm doing this yeah um and then yes and then i got the lip filler and then i was like oh great like now i don't have a gummy smile (laughs) however those feelings were still there it didn't actually go away like it it's still there like i you know when i smile wide enough or if i'm laughing so hard you can see my gum so like it's like you know, it didn't really fix the problem and the problem's still there. Yeah. And when I say problem, that's me internalizing that it, it is a problem to have a gummy smell. There's nothing wrong with it. Like it's my own insecurity. Yeah. Um, but it's just so interesting how like you go to fix said thing and then it didn't, it's nothing really happened. <laughs> yeah. I just spent $400 on this. Yeah. And I remember when I got recently had got it dissolved to fix the migration and then it was all out my chalk lip. And I was like, oh, that's like, this is what I look like. Okay. And I was almost okay with it after a few days. And then I couldn't think of anything worse. And I wanted to get lip filler straight <laughs> back. In. So it's, it's like a circle. Yeah. It's not linear. It's like, for that's, me, 
I think as well when I was speaking to a few people that had reached out in regards to their own personal experiences, um, cosmetic surgery and stuff like that is quite um, common nowadays. We're growing up, I never really yeah. saw anything of that. I think even when we were growing up, and even when we were like late teens, it was maybe you got a boob job, maybe you got your lips done. And then lip filler kind of turned into, well, if you get your lips done, maybe you get your cheeks done, maybe you get your jaw done, maybe you get Botox. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this, maybe that, maybe this, maybe that. Right. Even, oh man, the thing that gets me, everyone has a fucking BBL. Like, everyone. You cannot scroll, you cannot literally, I don't know if it's my For You page, but there was a period where I was like scrolling with Brad and I was like, she's had a BBL, she's got her lips done. She's had a BBL, she's got her lips done. I don't mind if you have a BBL or you have your lips done. But sometimes there is a perception where it just floods your, like your feed and you're like, oh, that's actually how people were born. And I wasn't born like that. Right. And I'm broken. And this was a good one to sort of draw into one of the first people that sort of reached out, which is um, Saskia, who's from Canada. Yeah. Um, And I sort of met her through Risqué, like, back in 2019. She's so lovely. But she made a very good point uh, when I was chatting with her that (laughs) the problem with that, no problem at all with people getting any cosmetic surgery. Do what you want to do to yourself if that makes you feel better or whatever, like you're allowed to, you're entitled to. I see. And so Saskia so said, the problem with that is then hiding the fact. I understand people don't, sometimes they don't feel comfortable to talk about any cosmetic surgery, yeah. which is fine. However, I think there is a fine line between a 13 year old girl scrolling on Instagram, seeing without any disclosure, you know, of, you know, like I love the way and we're sort of doing any sort, sort of positivity thing when, They've quite clearly... And I think for some... Like, personally, I have done so much research on um, plastic surgery because when I was younger, especially with a flat chest, like, that was the only thing that would fix me. Yeah. Um, So I did a lot of research and I can pick the signs. Some people are very good at hiding it. And I, I don't know. It's complicated because I don't mind the individual doing it. Mm. I think it's when it floods like a feed and you're like, ah, and that's why I like when I was speaking to her, I sort of said like there was, I remember this one period where I was obviously, it wasn't recent. It was probably like in like, I don't know, maybe a year ago where I got really fixated on how my body looked. And I remember same thing. I was scrolling on Instagram and there was this influencer and they had, had had a BBL done and then, uh, they like prior, and then they were sort of working out and, like, they had become a fitness influencer. Yeah, weird. And my problem then stemmed in my head of, whoa, okay, like, they look like that and they've, they've exercised or they've they've worked so hard to get their body like that. Why don't I look like that? Yeah. And that's where I think... I do exercise. Yes, and that's where then I thought, oh, no. And then I had to literally pull myself out and be like, they've literally had cosmetic surgery. They didn't even look like that. Like, yeah. they've... They've got that done. They're now, I guess, yeah, sure, they're working out. That's great. But they they didn't look like that because of what they were doing. Yeah. They literally had a cosmetic procedure. And, like, the the fitfluencers and stuff that have clearly had work done, like selling their own products and stuff like that, we could probably go on mm, for could days. could be, like, a whole like, another episode, yeah. Yeah, but that is, a, like, a rampant issue. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I... Like, I don't blame the individual unless they are doing something because I... To be honest, I can't really forgive um, 
having like massive work done to your abdomen and then trying to pedal fit tea or whatever. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like I can't forgive that, but if an individual wants to get work done, that's, that's their prerogative. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of, that's actually a really good way to stem it. Cause I was like, I don't know why I don't like this. Yeah. But I think it is, I don't mind the individual doing it. I do have an issue with society as a whole being like, Oh, this is what's normal now. Right, and I think that's where it got to a period with BBLs and stuff. It was normal. You know what's fucked up is, you know, low-rise jeans, right? Oh, no, we don't want to talk about low-rise jeans. If low-rise jeans come back, BBLs are probably going to go back out, which means that all these people have done all this work to their body for, like, a trend. And this is what, again, Saskia was sort of saying when I was speaking with her, the Kardashians and Jenna, for a very good example, yeah. had, you could tell they've had work done. You can't tell me you haven't. Right? And then of recently reversing the work and now, you know, I guess they're going back to their roots of, you know, how they actually are. Do you know, like, it's, it is. It's then, like, everyone has done this and then now it's reversing so everyone's going to be, you know, why they're going to want to be reversing because this is the thing. I remember my mum actually even saying to me, she goes, it's so funny because of how times have changed. Yeah. I, growing up, like... You're criticized for having a big butt and big boobs or, or vice versa, not necessarily even that. Yeah. And then it's now fashionable to have a massive ass. Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, it's just really funny how, not funny, like, you know what, how I'm using the word funny for context, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's just interesting to see how that's now what people have sort of, that's what they're after, but you get, you know. And then we could go into specifics of like how that's kind of like an appropriation of culture and absolutely all these other things and how like black women were criticized for having these curvy body shapes and all of a sudden it's like the thing that's like a whole other thing I, this is what i mean this is what bbls are a three-hour conversation yeah, well, this is what i'm saying like with with body image it's like this one episode is, is it's not going to be one episode it's going to yeah, yeah, sort, yeah. sort of continue on but i did want to sort of touch on briefly with saskia what she sort of said so she did say she feels like for herself but uh body image and body worth uh worthness has deaf uh worn and waxed as i've grown up body worthness i like that mm, yeah me too <laughs> reading that um i suffered really bad in my teens from anorexia and bulimia for a number of years that followed me through into my 20s and that spurred some really self-harm practices associated with disordered eating um just stopping there briefly it was really interesting for those that had reached out how similar or not similar but like sort of all that sort of stemmed and flowed. Yeah. Like I honestly thought when I was going through my bulimia that I was the only one that had was doing this and it yeah. was horrible and I was by myself, but just very interesting that, you know, we're not the only people. Um, and she said, I'm currently 31 and I feel like the difference is now I can identify pretty quick when these tendencies want to manifest and why that's happening for me. It's because I feel like I want control. And one thing I can easily control is my intake, which is yeah, such a good, like, it, that makes sense to me. Like, that's exactly probably what my thought process was. And that's obviously what the psych said when she said that. I was like, oh, that checks out. Um, I think this probably originally manifested because I grew up in a really destabilized household. So I craved stability and control. And then that manifests into a negative way. I definitely felt that I've healed myself through yoga, but quickly realized upon moving to Australia that a lot of my yoga-based practices just furthered disordered eating and negative body image. So I was like, jokes, time to start again with the introspection and healing. And a culture struck, and that's what she said, a culture struck, because she came, you know, she lives in Canada. Yeah. She's from Victoria. And she said it's sort of like a really hippie, like, love yourself, sort of very chill 
and then she when I was speaking with her sort of um yeah when I was speaking with her via voice note she had mentioned um a lot of people from the mainland were moving to where she lives yeah and she goes that's obviously not a problem but she goes in Victoria there was never anyone with lip fillers or anything like that but she said over the past couple years recent months there's been an influx and she's like you know I can tell when someone's had it now because it's it's you like there is definitely very good injectors but I mean if you're goofed up in the head enough to do the level of research you can pick it yeah 100 percent. yeah so it was really interesting to sort of get her perspective and it was really like I guess for her to be so honest and raw about that as well was like it's not just like a one culture thing like it's Lots of cultures, obviously, very different, but... I personally believe that as the internet and as social media gets bigger, the world gets smaller. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. So it was just, yeah, really interesting. I guess um, it's just crazy how it... <laughs> is it, it everywhere? And you know what's weird is how... I... I definitely... Like... There's a lot of people out there who's... Um, kind of conventional, that's a weird word to describe it, conventional um, anorexia, bulimia, binge eating, stems from feeling like it doesn't stem from their body. Right. It stems from trauma and a lack of control. Exactly. And this is exactly like we're going into, um, sorry, what the Pixie Turner the yeah. said. It's like, it's not necessarily actually ever about how you look it's the trauma all right and so i personally can probably say for me when i suffered through bulimia and all that it was from trauma yeah it wasn't necessarily because i i like i said growing up i've always had body issues obviously but But that's not right that's not why i did it it was because of the trauma and then all these other things growing up oh the fat like that's the fat twin or oh taylor or this like it's that's what it sort of stemmed from it wasn't necessarily like it was the trauma of what had happened or what was said that's why i'm saying sometimes we have to be very cautious of how we speak although sometimes when we are speaking about ourselves sometimes it's only how we can describe ourselves because that's not what we're conditioned but just what we think yeah um but yeah, so quickly as well, Olivia had also reached out, um, sort of spoke a little bit about her. So um, she was saying, I was eight years old when comments were first made about my weight. Yeah. So again, it's already starting from comments. It's not necessarily, you know, that I, maybe she felt it was how well, exactly she looked. Like, I mean, kids do learn things, but a five-year-old on a farm doesn't think I'm fat. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I, th- I think as well, just clearly judging what I remember, I remember going over to my neighbor's house one night for dinner and I can't remember how old I was. I think I may have been like nine or ten and I we like had hot dogs. I know I, re- I remember this so vividly because I think it like really fucked me up. And then he, I asked for a second serving. He's like, oh, you're a little piggy. And like that literally stuck with me and I yeah. was like, holy fuck, like... The fact that I still remember that and, like, that's what I mean. Like, it's just little comments like that can really... And it's not saying that's necessary. That's the exact reason why I've done it. But, like, little things like that really... It was my neighbour when I was 10 years old. <laughs> yeah, like, right. I'm not going to, like, blame blame you, Steve. I know if his name is Steve. I can't remember. But, like, you know what I mean? So she sort of said, I use food to deal with various traumatic events in my life. Yeah. And rather than getting help, I got tormented for being the fat, ugly kid. 
Uh, by the age of 12, I was restricting my food intake as much as I could, and then I got really sick. Uh, I lost a little weight, and everyone praised me and treated me different. And that is so, from personal experience, so true. When you lose weight, people treat you different. Skinny privilege is a thing. Mm. People like really treat you different. They're like, uh, I remember, like, I've, yeah, it's just, it's just interesting. I, I won't tell When I say skinny here. privilege is a thing, I'm, I obviously don't think it's a privilege it's a complicated topic yeah but you do get perceived differently when you do fit better into the box yeah or society yeah inverted commas whatever norm (laughs) um so but i started gaining weight again i guess because my body was fighting hard to reverse the damage and i ended up with a purging disorder by the age of 16 and a digested digestion sorry disorder that i suffered from for seven years um, I also had numerous tests done, including a, like a gastro. I might take that part out. <laughs> um, it wasn't until I was 21, sitting in a psych office, being told that I had an eating disorder that I realized I wasn't okay and I finally got help. Um, and at 27 years old, I've been on my recovery journey for five years and as grateful and proud of myself, I still can't shake my body dysmorphia. And like I said previously, body dysmorphia, I feel, is not something that's very easy to ever get rid of because i still will catch myself looking at old photos like i said I'm like oh look at how you know nice i look there or skinny or um and then like it's the same thing because like you know six months down the track and it's just gonna be the same thing when i look at a selfie i've taken and be like oh look at me back i was fu-. do you know what I mean like yeah. it's just this i i yeah i'm a personal believer that i would never not be depressed <laughs> yeah well this is what and it sounds bad, but when I started seeing my psych, yeah, it got not <laughs> so bad. When I had my one session, I did not go back because I didn't like the fact I was getting help. Yeah, I felt guilty, and I thought I wouldn't be myself. Yeah, if I wasn't depressed. Well, <laughs> I have like a weird, weird but the flip side of this, where I was told by like at like fourteen by a psychologist, they were like, "What if you just like." wrote it and I was like oh writing it that's different I can do that because yeah there have been times where I have recovered <laughs> inverted commas and then been like who the fuck is you right yeah and I think it scared me I'm boring now it like well it's like, and that starts a new cycle <laughs> yes and it really it did really scare me because I got to a point where I was like oh no like like she just started making too much sense so she just quickly, <laughs> quickly, quickly touching on it. Right, I said some. I was talking about like you know my childhood, and then so I was talking about growing up and stuff. And you might notice, like it probably even at the start of this episode, because I clocked it in my head where I laughed. Yeah, I wasn't laughing because I think, haha, it's funny. Yeah, it was haha. I'm ha <laughs> like it's it's an it's a coping mechanism. To uncomfortable situations or how I deal with trauma. Yeah. I do this weird laugh thing when I'm... And I used to get bullied about it growing up. And by bullied, I mean by my own sister. <laughs> I, love, I love her. But I remember she's like, yeah, like when you like say hi to Nona, you're like, hi, Nona. But it's just because I'm so anxious. That's It's an anxiety thing. So <laughs> that's what... If you ever hear me laugh, that's actually why. Like I'm not laughing because I think it's funny, but... You're actually not funny. No, I, I, I don't... Like I personally sometimes think I am, but like... Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a coping sort of thing. Yeah. But anyway, because we're going back to what Olivia has sort of said um, after the boys' smorphia, it's an everyday battle with the biggest kicker now being that some people believe I no longer have the right to be hurt 
or feel hard done by because I fit <laughs> into society's body standards ah. now, which is a very good point. Because that's so true, Love right? It. You think, like, because you look a certain way now, you must not feel like that anymore. You, have, yeah. you fit into the norm. So you, you have no reason to ever feel like that you're a piece of shit or something. Like, it's... Yeah. And that's that's toxic within itself. This... this- this could be branched out into a lot of different directions. Exactly. But you don't know what the fuck someone is. Exactly. Um, but I won't give up. I'm working on uh, healing my inner child and giving myself love and courage to be comfortable in my own skin. I deserve to be happy, which I think is so important. Yeah. So it's just really interesting to sort of see, excuse me, other people who have reached out their experiences and how common it actually quite is um, and there has probably been a few people that I've met in life where they've said, I've never been insecure within myself. I don't know what that's like. And I find it very interesting. How? Yeah. Like, tell it, me, do you know what, like when you go to the doctor and then like, when he asks if you're depressed, like, yeah, obviously like, isn't uh, everyone? Duh. And then he's like, no, actually. And you're like, ah, oh, all right. I remember, this is weird. I don't know if it's on topic. I'll share it anyway. I went to a, I got a mental health plan done when I was like 15 mm. and then I got another one done when I was 20. Because I needed to go back, get some more mental health stuff. And he was like, do you know you responded the exact same way when you were 15? I was like, "Uh, yeah, dude. It's almost like I'm fucking depressed again. (laughs) What do you mean? Yeah. It's a a 1 to 10. Well, exactly. Because it's like, on a scale of 1 to 10, how depressed do you feel? And you're like, fucking 10, obviously. Like, what do you mean? Like, it's like, you know, when you go to the physio, it's like on a pain scale. Like, how do you feel? And then like. You know, you say whatever pain scale and then you go there a fortnight later and they ask you again and it's like slightly going down or it's going up. That's exactly what depression is yeah. like. Like some days I could be too maybe, but then like the next day, who knows, I could be over again. Like it's... It was just a weird thing to say. Yeah, I was like, weird. okay. And this is what I mean. Like, Give again. me my 10 free sessions. <laughs> Fuck off. Well, that's what I mean. Like I, I, I think as well without touching too much onto it, but when you go to, you know, go see a psych for the first time for me anyway, you then get all these things where they're like, oh, no, you're fine, though. There's actually nothing wrong with you. And, again, this is a, obviously more of a personal thing. And then so that oh, then I genuinely believe I'm faking any mental illness. Right? So then, and But then, like, I just don't get it because then it's like, why would I fake this? Like, I, I'm making it up for attention, obviously. <laughs> like, I just don't get it. It's like, again, that was a culture thing because coming from a very, I would say very strict maybe Italian background, it doesn't exist. It does not exist in the culture that you could be depressed because anyway, that's not saying all Italians, but like just how I sort of grew up with that sort of was what it was like. I do have a great family. I'm not saying that, but that's sort of, you know, how it was interpreted. When I was growing up, when I dropped, I dropped out of school very young. I think I've spoken about this. I Mm. dropped out of school like five times, Um, but it was like very hush hush. It was like, just tell them you go to school. Right. And this, I, my. But then I found out later that some of my other cousins like dropped out of university and like we weren't allowed to know. Or one of my cousins fucking like got qualified in a trade. And I was like, oh, but he's only this age. So he should only be like a second year. And they were like, oh, just don't tell anyone. But he did like drop out. I was like, why is dropping out? What What are you guys talking about? This is what I mean. Like, it's so interesting because, like, my parents growing up, they didn't they didn't finish year 10 or they, they dropped out. Yeah. And they were fine to, like, speak about that. And, like, they're like, yeah, there's not, like, you know, I look at them. They both have really great jobs. My dad's, yeah. you know, mum, same thing. But then same, when I was in year 10 and my sister and I were getting, like, severely bullied and we got pulled out of school, we had to keep it on the hush-hush, like, not tell any family, yeah. leave it, like, very silent. You're like, why, though? Like... People are arseholes. That's, like, what's, you know, that's why. But 
yeah, so that's really interesting. And then just quickly, briefly touching on uh, Zala as well, who also shared her sort of thoughts on body image. And Zala had a lot to say and a lot with it I 100% agreed with because it's so... I'll just start off with what she sort of said and it's just so important that we really listen to it. So um, I've always had a horror relationship with my body and finding that balance to a love slash kindness with your body in a journey is a journey within itself. Yeah. I notice a lot of people quickly assume because someone is skinny, inverted commas, or normal in size, that one doesn't struggle with their image. And to me, in itself, is a good prime example of our toxic culture on defining someone based on their weight. Yeah. Which is so true because that's what we were saying before. Like people think just because they look a certain way, oh, they must not struggle. They don't have these. Yeah. That's not the case at all. It's it's not this a one is, size fits all type thing. Like, this is what I was trying to say with like skinny privilege is a thing. Obviously, it's not a privilege to feel like you are being your feelings are being ignored, but you f- you fit the box, so you're yeah. good. You're good to go. Right, exactly. Yeah. And that's like a society thing. Like it's like they that's what in people's heads is what it's meant to be like. Yeah. Um. So I was going. I honestly can't remember one time where I've loved my body just as I'm without wanting something changed. Ever since a young age, when I started dancing, the kids and adult teachers would always comment on my wide bony hips, and that pretty much where it all began. So that's yeah. what I mean. From a young age, comments are enough because you might not even notice any of that. And like, can you fix the skeletal shape of your hips? Thanks. No, <laughs> do you know what I mean? That'd be great for me. Right, and that's like the annoying thing. things that people can't change. Why the fuck are you? I, I, but even that, like, just why in general are you commenting on someone on how they look? It's not none of your business. It's none of your concern. Yeah. But, like, then to, like, literally make a physical comment about someone's, like, bone structure to be like, mm, why do you look like that? You'd be like, fucking thanks. Like, sorry I came out of the womb looking like this. Like, so that was just one thing when I, like, I read that. I was like, what the fuck? Like, responding back. Um, Zala said I ended up developing an insert at the age of 20 and struggled for years. I define myself based on the scale, the percentage of body fat I had, or how flat my stomach looked in clothes. Uh, and then she said, I punish my body for just simply trying to survive. Uh, the one thing that you don't hear much about developing eating disorders is even once you've recovered, there's still eating disorder habits that just never go away. Yeah. Which is very, very true. Uh, that sometimes you miss your eating disorder and the health issues you end up living with from the damage you've done to your body is just a reminder of how horrible you treated the one thing that protects you and keeps you alive. Yeah. Um, I, I want to like almost like read it just because all of it's like really... Really important to, like, what I think she said. She goes, and the thing that angers me is people praise weight loss, even despite being severely underweight. Like, what? But no one praises weight gain. We were, and I think this ties into, like, something we were attempting to get yeah. back in when we were talking about, like, how this stuff also affects, like, uh, I guess, how do you word this? I guess, like, uh, your standard, like, male-presenting person? Yes. Right. If, yeah, what we were saying prior. If I know a lot of men who struggle the opposite direction. If you went to like some men close to me and you were like, "Hey, dude, you've lost a lot of weight," they'd be like, uh, "That would and that fuck them." Exactly. So it's it's yeah, and we like we said we spoke about this prior to recording. It's the same thing. You can't. It's just as damaging. Yeah. <laughs> um to say because so, you don't like Aisha was saying I think at the start you don't know if they wanted that or intended if that to happen yeah you know a lot of reasonings as to why that may have happened um and she speaks a bit briefly which I'll touch on in a second um but 
yeah, it's weight gain, especially for someone who is underweight, is extremely important and can just be as, and can be just as hard as losing weight. After coming out of my eating disorder, I still never fully developed a good relationship with my body. Weight fluctuations so much, I never found a balance of content. Uh, it's always made me question, will I ever be happy in a body I have? Why does or how my body looks have so much power in how I feel about myself and define how worthy or good enough I am, yeah. which I think is uh, really important. I'll just quickly jump down to this last little part. Um, about After the second COVID lockdown, I gained weight. And when we came back to work, I had panic attacks leading up to the day coming back because I was so scared someone would comment on my body. Yeah. It's like no matter what size I was, there was always someone who made a comment no matter how my body looked. It was never good enough. I wasn't good enough. Why do we define our value based on our body? Why does others define someone's value by how their body looks? Um, in my eye, in my eyes of others, size 6, I was too skinny. Size 8, I'm t- not toned enough. Or certain parts of me are too big or too small. Size 10, I was skinny, fat. Size 12, I didn't look good. There's not one size that anyone is even happy with people forget what should really matter is if you are happy if there was uh no horrible opinions and stigma in the world uh if the world sorry was pushed out and it was just you how would you feel about your body heck i'd even be so grateful for it in the sense it's keeping me alive it's protecting me it's my shell my home a vessel um but we forget that with all this toxic negativity is pushed onto us in all the struggles i've had with my body in which i noticed the only things that made me hate myself was the opinion of others which again, it's yeah. It it sort of makes sense again from the. It's not necessarily how you feel or how you perceived it. It's like, you know, what other people have had an opinion on. Yeah. Um, I know that other opinions. Uh, I know that the opinions of others shouldn't matter. So many other things I ignore opinions of. Well, why can't I ignore the comments on this one thing? If you have an answer for that, I'd love to know. Um. But yeah, there was a lot of sort of th- things in the sense of what Zala sort of said about like, you know, body positivity based are just also toxic. In fact, they bash down skinny. So many comments I've seen such as skinny girls don't really understand the struggle or if you're skinny, you're not allowed to be a part of the movement because you're privileged. What privilege? I can understand Yeah. as well because it's, you know, like, oh, but they look like that. So why would they be a part of the movement? It's like, but you don't know what they've struggled through. Yeah. It's just as hard. I find the need to segregate, and this is not the body positivity movement as a whole, but there is definitely a vocal section of it with the need to segregate women based on their size, which is one, weird. Mm. uh, And two, I don't, why, why? Exactly. And I think, and what Zal has sort of said, I know nothing but a constant battle with myself and hate from others on my body, so where's the privilege in that? And as soon as a skinny girl is comfortable in her skin and confident, it's not okay. And that is so true, because I've seen that growing up in an all-girls school, I saw that all the time. As soon as, like, a, you know, pretty thin-looking person, they're like, oh, like, like, they instantly would just throw down, like, all these nasty comments, and it's just, and it's vice versa, I know, yeah. sometimes, but it was just, like, but it's so weird how there is. And I mean, if I go back to my Tumblr days, I do believe this was called internalized misogyny, but the constant need to like drag other women down to propel yourself. Yeah. It's just weird. It's weird stuff, man. I know. And I mean, back again, back in the Tumblr days, back when I was in college, there would be like, Oh my God. Like I'm bleeping that because I don't want anyone to look it up because I did fall into that trap and it's so fucked up. Yeah. Okay. Cause I, that was like another thing that like, 
of recently, I think they were saying, like, we're slightly making a comeback. And I was like, yeah. this is horrible. And comments about, like, how people would do it as, like, a predatory thing. They weren't actually involved in it. That's just, like, real fucked up. It is. It's, like, and, like, I don't know. Like, I just think, like, all of it's, like, quite messed up. Uh, but, like, I remember growing up in college and then, like, yeah, what like, growing up in college on Tumblr and, like, all I could see was, like, what's it called a thigh gap that's what what was in right i have a vivid i literally still have the photo on my instagram i took a photo when i had my hair extensions in and i was skinny enough to have a thigh gap and that photo got more likes than any photo i've ever had and i was like that's it those are the key features right and it it was like this like thing so in my head i was like i'm not good enough because i don't have a thigh gap like it's like my legs are always gonna like you sometimes you literally can't change you can't actually if you don't you can't change your legs. Um, yeah. Start, like, it's hard to what I'm saying, but like you, you, you physically, if you don't have one, you don't have one. You can't get one. Like it's not. Yeah. Oh my God. So that was like, for me growing up, that was so fucked up. And again, it was probably during my worst stage of bulimia where that also like sort of trickling. And I was like, wow, why don't I look like that? Like, all right, back to the bathroom I go. Like it was just <laughs> this like really toxic thing. But the last little thing that I think is really important that Zala said, um, just quickly this literally goes against the movement they're trying to stand for you can't be body positive for just one group of people doing that is just being as toxic i wouldn't bring this point up if it didn't affect me in my journey i think it's important to talk about because i can't be the only one who is hurt it's like we can never win it's really fucked up it really does my head in this last part i love it goes let's celebrate and love all bodies it's not that hard we should be standing with each other not against each other we should be loving our bodies praising our bodies thanking our bodies not hating on it and tearing it down but it's so much easier said than done and it breaks my heart, not just for me, but for every gorgeous being out there that struggles and I know it's such a hard cycle to pull out of. At the end of the day, we ourselves aren't the problem at all. Our body is not the issue, it's the toxic world and beliefs people put in our heads. It's that which um, has such negative effects more than they will ever know. I think just like when Zala sort of mentioned about COVID... Yeah. COVID was a very hard time for so many people. Especially when we get into the language that was used around it. Oh, my goodness. And I think as well, like, for me personally, when I took all that time off, I was petrified, obviously, of COVID. I was petrified to go back to the studio because I had left in August looking a certain way. Yeah. And then coming back, I looked completely different. And I... Obviously, I tried to be as open as I can about it, but when I got medicated for the first time in my life, I've never been medicated. It was only due to a very severe panic attack that I decided to finally got medicated. Um, I, on the very low dosage, I was fine. And what I mean by fine is I... Fine as in I didn't have this one side effect, but definitely Yes, right? So, like, it was like I didn't have the one side effect of the weight gain, which to me was excellent in my head because of obviously problems that I have. Yeah. However, I had the other side effects of severely depressed, really, really bad, worse than when I was Bro, why is everyone fucking put on that drug when I'm like, a very well-known side effect is suicidal thoughts, loss of inhibitions, and depression. It was like... It makes no fucking sense. It was, but like at the, like at the time, like, but I felt fine with how I looked, but I was not, like, do you know what I mean? It was fucked. And then... I and this I need to stop saying. But I kept saying to Jake like I was happy with where I was at the start of the year, like I looked great. And then Jake's like, "But did you not understand how you felt?" And I was like, 
I looked great. And he was like, no, like, you really weren't okay. And I was I like, yeah. Okay, but, like, it was, like, obviously, like, hard. And then when I increased to 20 milligrams, I stacked on 10 kilos in less than two months. Yeah. Like, I stacked on weight. And I was, if not, I'm like, it was it was horrible. It was the worst thing ever. I thought my life was ending. Like, it, like I went back into that cycle. And then... I didn't feel anything. So I was like, what the fuck was the point of this? So we, we were having, it was a very difficult conversation as well. Cause I didn't know like how to respond. Cause I was like, I don't want to like enable, but I also don't want to like diminish. Cause you were saying like, like the anxiety is pretty good, mm. but there's this whole other thing that's kind of going to fuck me up if I keep going. Right. And, and I don't know what to do. And yeah, I know. Cause I, I, there was often times where I had message you being like, what do I do? Do I go cold Turk? And you're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, don't listen to people and went cold turkey. And that was the worst thing you could probably do. I remember telling a few trusted people what I'd done. They're like, why did you do that? Yeah. Because it's like, it's, it's a fucking hell of a drug. It's like literally the shittest. Yeah. And first of all, it's actually dangerous to go cold turkey on things. You should never do that. But in my head, I was like, not to stop this weight gain. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. And then I went cold turkey, went a few months without any medication and was not okay and so had to go back on something else went to the doctor found this other medication that's not an ssri it's an ssni or something it's it's something completely different it's like a helps you sleep better yes yeah, exactly so you. yeah and that's what he said. somehow that cures depression oh apparently but <laughs> the doctors know the doctor said uh, i'm also on melatonin which is meant to help anyway the sleeping yeah. um and sure there's the he literally said to me because i i explained my concerns of i don't want to gain weight because that to me is a trigger and it it will make me worse. And he was like, okay, well, there's this one. The only, there's no side effects at all. There's just one thing. And I was like, oh, what? He's like, it's expensive. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> that was the thing when I was like looking for a birth control that would help me. Cause like Yasmin or mm. I don't know, one of the pills is like 10 bucks for three yeah. months. And then the pill I went on was like, not the pill. The method I used was like $118 for three months. And I was like, that's fine. <laughs> Right? I'd rather not kill myself. Well, this is the thing. On Lexapro, which was the one where I had gained weight, $5. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like to mum and dad, how cheap is it to be depressed? $5, take a pill and I'm fine. I was not fine. And then this other one is like $80. But again, I'm only newly on it, so I can't like stay for what it's doing. But... (laughs) Full review later. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so it's just like I could really relate to what Zala was saying on being really scared to like coming out of lockdown looking yeah. different because even of recently and like i'm actually a bit embarrassed to say it but like i literally won't take my jumper off in class uh yeah because i think everyone's looking at my stomach or how i look and they're like wow look at her she's really like i don't yeah. know like again it's probably when... like a perceive like how i'm perceiving yeah. people thinking they're probably not but in my head i'm like wow these people probably think that i look horrendous <laughs> i Holes a hell of a drug. Mm. So, like, that's, like, another thing. So, I could really relate what she's saying. So, body image is just, like, like we said, like, this episode's probably gone on for so long. She's not too It's bad. not a comparison to but others. But, honestly, it's, like, a scratch on the surface. Right. So, like, I think the biggest thing that we want to get out of this is to touch on body image and to get an understanding or get you guys to sort of listen and sort of see. It's, it's not body image, is it? I guess it's, like... It started body body image, but really, well, no, it is, it's like I guess what I'm trying to say is like it's not body image. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's a 
a lot of little things that sort of could make up for being associated with the old with, body. Yeah, with the body, but yeah. it's a lot of different things. So we hope that, like, this is at least, like, help you guys. Again, like, feel free to reach out if you have any questions or, you know, you want to share your story. Again, there's no pressure to. I never want anyone to feel like they have to yeah. do something they don't want to do, only if you're ever comfortable. And, again, this is why it took Aisha and I so long because there was, like, a period where we both said, hey, I, I don't think I'm okay or ready to speak about this yet. Yeah, I think... Literally, we were gonna. It was do when it. lockdown, like I think, it was when lockdown had either just lifted or yeah, and that's like probably the worst yeah. state for me. I personally was in. It was, I was like, and it was like no. a tumbling thing as well because you'd be okay. And then before my wedding, um, Brad had to call my mom and be like, "Hey, she needs help because yeah. she won't eat food. Yeah, and I don't know what to do." And yeah, it was pretty fucked up. But and it was like a side, like it was like a, yeah, like a. A, a rotating thing. wheel. And then, like, I feel like I, I've, I think, like, not biting the bullet, but it was, like, the same thing, because, like... You I, kept pushing it off. I, yeah, because I was, like, I just kept pushing it off, and I was, like, no, I think, like, we need to speak about it, because I understand that, like, I've gained 10 kilos, and I have to try my wedding dress that I draw in December yeah. uh, next week, or the week after, and that's going to be something that's going to be hard, but, like, it's, again, one of those things where you just sort of have to... yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's it's never, to me, I think it's never going to be a right time. However, I'm in, like, a more mentally stable... Condition. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we hope that you enjoyed listening. Um, make sure that, you know, if you ha- want, have anything to say or want to reach out, that our uh, Instagram page is always open or our Facebook we... page also. I mean... Uh, uh, um, no, I have nothing. <laughs> Okay. All right. Thank you for listening. (laughs) That was weird. (laughs) Goodbye. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. Make sure you follow us at thatbeingsaid.podcast on Instagram to keep up to date with all our episode releases and more. See you you next next week. week.